Best-selling author, public speaker, and performance coach Roy Red has helped several pro athletes, companies, organizations, and sports teams overcome their mental blocks, reach their peak potential, increase their performance, produce more results, and just have more fun in their life and business. Bring me the energy, all right? Choose will determine what you properly for your business. On the last episode, we had Dr. Kelly Henry talk about how to bring in leads, convert leads, and get recurring customers by using great customer service. Today, we have the HR guru, Yuri, who's going to teach us how to hire and how to systemize HR so that you can also run a good company but let's bring the show in first Ready? welcome to the success code where roy red provides interviews discussions strategies and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the success code success code success code success code hi everybody it's roy red five-time best-selling author internationally recognized speaker and your host of this show the success code where we bring you positive strategies, tactics, and interviews to help you crack your success code on your journey. And today I'm super excited. We got Yuri Kruman, who is the CEO of HR Talents and Systems, and he's going to teach us what he knows about HR and how managing a great HR system can help you run, develop, and make more money, convert more leads, and just have more fun in your business. Yuri, how you doing, brother? Doing well, Ray. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, man. What you up to uh, these days? Um, staying uh, safe during these hard times? and um... You know, I'm I'm sitting in Brooklyn. The weather the weather's terrible. There's sun and, and, and like, I'm not in LA. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but aside from that, um, I run two companies. One is HR Talent and Systems Consulting, which mm -hmm. goes into fast growth companies to essentially help them build up their strategic HR, which is beyond kind of the making trains run on time kind of stuff, legal compliance, benefits, and payroll. 
to a lot more interesting things. And my, again, that's my personal view. <laughs> um, it, I, I like very much to sit one-on-one -on -one with people and coach them and help them to understand their career pathway, uh -huh. get their feedback on, on, let's say, you know, paint color in the office. I mean, yeah. maybe that's not relevant today, but those kinds of things. And then mm -hmm. give people feedback. Hey, you're doing well. Maybe you could do this a little better. Or, you know, let's, let's figure out how your workflows go or your decision flows or yeah. what's your actual job description. What are you actually doing over there, buddy? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, not not maybe the most exciting stuff in the world, but uh, for me, the, the key is conversation. Everything goes around sort of, you know, what can I help this person with? How can they help me to do what I'm doing better? And that leads into my second company, which is around coaching, which is called Master the Talk, because it's mm -hmm. all about conversations. Yeah. And uh, so I've, you know, run these two companies. Um, I work as an interim CHRO for various fast growth companies around the country, including in the Bay Area, um, for a home health company. And um, in addition to that, I write a great deal. I just uh, put out a book called uh, Be Your Own Commander in Chief. And I contribute to places like uh, Entrepreneur and Forbes. Mm -hmm. um, that's super awesome. I was reading your bio and the things you do. And you, I wanted to kind of talk about some things that are kind of passionate to me. And But let's start off with hiring. If I'm a business person starting out business or if I already have a successful company, um, huh? what is the process for me to hire good people. You know, Dr. Kelly on the last episode was saying, hire on character, you could always train people. Do you have a system or a way of thinking um, when you teach companies how to hire? Great question. I think um, it's very important to start out not with, you know, system systems, let's put an applicant tracking system. Let's look at uh, Glassdoor and LinkedIn. That's great. That all fits more tactically into the big picture. What is the big picture? Right. First of all, why do you need people in your business? Is it because you need bodies and seats? I really hope not because you're, you're, that's all you're going to get. You're just going to get bodies and seats and people that don't think in any strategic way. They're not going to bring solutions. They're just going to sit there and you know move paper and, and log, log their work somewhere. That's not going to help you much in your business if you're really serious about growing and scaling and doing things in the right way, right? So first of all, why why do people go into business? If you're going into business for profit and riches and, you know, some kind of glory, mm, you're not going to get there anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do it for the right reasons because you want to help people. Yeah, it doesn't mean that's in conflict with doing well for yourself, but mm -hmm. you're in business to make a positive impact on the world, to help people in some particular way, whether you're selling software or you're doing coaching or whatever, right? Yeah. You have to have that always hanging above you because you're working 80 hour weeks and you know everything is always too expensive. You always <laughs> don't have enough. So again, why are you, why are you hiring? You're hiring because you want to bring in the best people not the best people at the price point, the best people, period, yeah. into your business to help you increase your positive impact in the world. And you want to make sure they're aligned with your positive impact, with your mission, your vision, et cetera, mm -hmm. right? I know this sounds very woo-woo, but it actually matters a great deal because if you have somebody that you expect to work like a dog for your business, right, and they're not aligned, they're not going to be there. They, they, if top talent always has other options. Yeah. So if if you're not giving them a great 
employee experience, just like customer service, it's customer service for your employees. They're not going to stick around. If you don't give them development, they're not going to stick around. So you have to make it a, a pleasant and, and helpful and growth experience for your employees. Then, yeah, don't worry. They're going to do great work. And if they don't respond to great conditions, they don't belong with you anyway. Yeah. So that's philosophy. Okay. Now we go down to more tactical kinds of things. Mm -hmm. First of all, I strongly believe, because I've seen it time and time again, that great people know other great people. So sometimes yeah. the hardest thing is to have that kind of foundational hire, someone who's your COO, someone who's your chief of staff, mm -hmm. someone who is really your trusted lieutenant, someone that has ideally some kind of equity in the business. Let's be frank. I mean, yeah, it's great to pay someone a high salary, but when you're early in your business, you can't afford to anyway. Mm -hmm. And work if hard if they have equity, they'll want to really. Build. Yeah, you betcha, right? Yeah. Because they're, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. God bless him. I'm not. I'm not huge on the whole hustle porn thing, quite frankly. But he does say some very good things once in a while. Mm -hmm. One of them is that you can't expect your employees to work as hard as you do because they don't own the business. It's not their business, right? Yeah. So given that, okay, fine. What are the conditions? Like, you know, we talked about benefits, payroll. You have to make sure people are aligned. You're communicating. You're helping them grow. Okay, great. Awesome. Those are the conditions. Now, how do you actually bring the right people in? Okay. So as I mentioned, when you're early in your company, you want to look in your networks, right? Who are the right people to associate with? Meaning who are the best at their craft? Okay. Yeah. Maybe you can't afford them up front. Maybe they don't feel comfortable enough working with you when you're too early. Okay. But you can ask for help, right? They always have this maxim. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yeah. Start with your networks. Whom do you know who's really, really good at what they do? Mm -hmm. And then ask them, hey, can you recommend someone? Can you send someone my way? You know, that's that's how you start getting toward the right conversations with the right people. Hey, you know, come work with me. You have to be your own best evangelist. Yeah. If you can't do that, you're not going to get great talent because they're just there for the for the paycheck. So that's number one. Going further down into tactics. Yeah. So you explore your networks. You hopefully get one or two hires just to kind of start things up. Maybe they're hyper specialists. Maybe they're going to do your sales and marketing up front. <clears throat> um, you're probably not going to get an HR person as, as one of your first three or five hires, but yeah. down the road, hopefully, um, which I think is a mistake. Frankly, I think that's a huge mistake that most entrepreneurs don't realize they're making because they think, hey, you know, I just need somebody to do that work. I just, you know, I don't want to think too much about talent. It's all about uh, revenue. It's all about sales and marketing. It is. But again, if, if you're not empowering your people, they're going to wash out. Yeah. So, okay, you... Come in, you have, let's say, two or three people. They're, you know, getting their networks going, maybe raise a funding round. Awesome, right? So you have a lot of new resumes. Everybody wants to work with you because you're that, you know, new kid on the block with money. Okay, so again, you hire a lot and you staff up and you you have hopefully trusted lieutenants. Over time, that fades, right? Because again, the funding round is a year behind you. And you're like, Ooh, okay, what do I do now? Like, who, who am I? You know, there's all this glory. Supposedly now we actually have to, you know, produce a product and sell it and all that stuff. So we need more professional managers because now we're getting bigger. Okay. So again, there are many phases to hiring. In the beginning, it's just like, who wants to take this massive risk with me? And yeah, they should have equity. Then beyond that, okay, these guys are probably not going to have very much equity, but you know, they, they need to take some risk and they have high growth potential. 
Okay, and then the third wave, again, after you raise a round or even two, more professional managers, people that are coming from larger companies, you know, they're used to kind of law and order, if you will. Yeah. Right, and you want to bring in people like that to stabilize your fast growth. That's usually when I come in. I'm, I'm kind of that guy who says, okay, well, it's a big mess over here. You guys are running your hiring in a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have no clue that your glass door has like a 2.7 on there and no one wants to touch your, your company with a 10-foot pole. Let me clean that up for you. Yeah. So employer brand becomes a huge deal because people talk, especially top talent. You know, they all know each other. The word spreads. Hey, you know, these guys just raised a funding round or they're really doing some awesome stuff. Right. So you're going to have a lot of that interest from like, oh, cool startup, bro. Stay away from that. You want people that really are connected with your mission, your values, your vision, and they're willing to take a risk. And that usually means a little bit lower paycheck, maybe a little equity. So you bring in someone who does strategic HR like myself. Great. Congratulations. So you have an adult in the room to talk about people's subjects and culture and talent and all that stuff. All right. Now you get someone like myself to set up an applicant tracking system, right? That connects to LinkedIn, Indeed, whatever sources of talent that usually are working for you because by now it's not all just the referrals by the way referrals also bring a lot of other problems because everyone starts looking and sounding the same and we all know where that goes that's that's really bad that's bad not just for legal and compliance reasons but it's groupthink. yeah right and that means that everybody starts you know whoa cool bro right let's like yeah. risk let's risk everything yeah. Companies go down like that real quick. So you have to have some strategic awareness. Do we have other opinions in the room? Do we have other backgrounds in the room? Do we have other potential, let's say, um, I don't know, sources of revenue that we're not looking at, right? Let's bring in some people that think a little bit differently. And yeah, maybe look a little bit differently and, and do different things. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker, right? Yeah. And, and that's that's how you start thinking about the future of your company. You're not just a one-trick pony. You're not just selling one product because, again, that's going to kind of flatten out. So what are you doing to kind of reinvigorate your company's vision? And what are you doing to bring innovation and, and new ideas? Right. Yeah. So that's that takes a little bit different level of thoughtfulness and hiring. And, yeah, you've got to plug in the benefits and payroll. you got to make sure that communication flows really really well you have to understand that you gotta you gotta treat people like adults yeah not like not like frat brothers not like uh, i don't know you're you sit in your silo and and like you don't need to know no everybody needs to know everything i mean mm -hmm. you know within reason yeah. okay if everybody knows everything then they can make an adult decision hey i like this or i don't like this i want to stay here or i don't want to stay here and if you treat people otherwise they'll leave because everything's a mystery yeah that's huge wow wow you dropped a whole bunch of gems in there real quick let's say hi to everybody who's on live if you're on live thank you for joining us we're talking to yuri crewman about hr how to hire and how to just run a better systemized business uh jump on the right side if you're on youtube that's below if you're on facebook or below if you're on linkedin ask your questions comment post share all of that good stuff yuri I want to ask about, uh, before we talk about your book, I want to ask about millennials. Do millennials want jobs? Do they want to enter the workplace? What is in their heads? I tend to think that the what's going to 
for lack of better words, save this country is entrepreneurship and education. And I don't mean school. I mean, just education all around together. But what do you think millennials want and how do we hire them? Because, you know, especially the uh, Gen X and boomers kind of think they're that we're lazy or we don't, you know, that we're just not cut out for the work environment. What do millennials want? Three words, universal basic income. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, joking, not joking. Um, you know, I would say that millennials by this point are mostly a little bit more advanced in their life, meaning they're not just starting out. They're not fresh mm -hmm. out of school because we've got plenty, plenty of Gen Zs for that. Um, you know, I think we're much more mature in a way because we went through two massive recessions. We had to deal with a whole bunch of, you know, chaos from social unrest, political unrest, um, you name it, right? Yeah. Just things keep coming. Like, where's, <laughs> what's next? Mm -hmm. um, but what millennials want, I think, is very simple. It's actually, if you maybe you're referencing my previous book, what millennials really want from work and life. Yeah. Uh, millennials want all the same stuff, just in a different order and a lot faster because we're behind. It's it's uh -huh. it's all the same stuff. I I want to grow in my career. I want to start a family. I want to have a house with you know 2.1 children in a two car garage in the suburbs. Yeah. I usually want to get the hell out of New York City and LA and San Francisco and all those places because they're just the rent is too damn high. Um, really, I think it's it's pretty simple. It's all the same things that you know Gen X and Boomers wanted, but they never asked. They 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 didn't feel like they had the the place to ask, and we we ask because we're like we're tired of paying our dues. We're tired of people bullshitting us, Boomers yeah. and everybody else. Yeah enough like i just i i, I want to make adult decisions based on information being shared with me and i don't trust institutions i don't trust systems i probably don't trust c-suites right i mean either either it's a cult everyone drank kool-aid i'm yeah. done with that by this stage of my career right yeah. or it's like this is a transaction and i think from from kind of a career coaching side of things yeah. What do I what do I advise my coaching clients? Because a lot of them they're maybe in the Fortune 500 or maybe they they want to go to a startup. And well, do I do consulting or do I go work in house? Do both. You don't have a choice, buddy. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't trust you know somebody who's running a startup. They're in it for themselves. They're in it for their equity, yeah. right? And sometimes you get good people and, and they really take care of you and, and they want to move you forward. God bless you. That's fantastic. But it's pretty rare. So my my advice to people is in general you have to have two parallel tracks and it's not just like a it's not a, a risk hedging thing it's it's actually using your side hustle to leverage moving up faster in your corporate career until you hopefully don't have to do it you have enough revenue and you're out of there and screw that corporate nonsense yeah. but usually corporate nonsense is not a, just nonsense you learn a lot of great skills you know whether that's managing up and down whether it's project management productivity how to talk how to access different audiences right these are not trivial things most people can't just like magically learn that because they work in a startup because again it's usually a frat house or it's some kind of really you know not representative of the wider population and i i think that's that's my advice if you're still thinking about entrepreneurship don't think too much just start a company i don't care just like do your llc don't worry about a website don't worry about payment what can you sell whom can you help 
what can you charge for it? You know, you can always get on PayPal and charge, I don't know, a few hundred bucks for coaching. It's not complicated. You just help somebody with what you've built already. Mm -hmm. Right. And then again, you move up from there. How can I coach people in my job? Uh, you can manage them and help them move up. Right. Mm -hmm. So these are the kinds of things that I, I bring to my HR work. And people are like, what? You're, you're recommending that I do a side hustle? You're the head of HR? Yeah, because I love people like that. I love people that hustle on the side. They always have some kind of bigger picture. They want to move up yeah. and they work like hell. Bring me those people any day. <laughs> yep. And they're fast learners, super fast learners. You know, I was a medic in the first part of my, my working <laughs> life. And it taught me like, you know, at, at first you're mad and you just want to go and be entrepreneur, you know, millennial thinking. But then looking back hindsight, I realized Man, it taught me how to deal with stress. It taught me how to communicate. All the things oh, yeah. that I'm so good at now was because mm -hmm. of that job and working in that. And now, like, I can, I'm not stressed out in stressed out situations. I'm quick on my feet. I learn super fast. I don't mind trying things. And I agree with your route that you talk about. Um, real quick, tell us about the book and what inspired you to write it. Um, I'm going to buy a copy because I'm, I try to speak up for the millennials and I try to hold it down for us. Cause I just feel like, uh, we get shitted on a lot. Um, what inspired you to write the book? I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, the previous book, what millennials really want for work and life, that's self-evident. I just, I got sick of hearing the same crap. I'm like, what, what are the numbers? Like, is, is this real or not? Yeah. A lot of BS. So we're, we're thankfully past that. Yeah. We debunked debunked that whole thing. The new book called Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief. Mm -hmm. What possessed me to write it? Well, only God knows. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, look, um, I've been studying how the brain works, how the mind works from, from a relatively early age because my mom is a neuroscientist. So yeah. like it or not, I had, had to sit in on the lecture every day. Yeah. Um, my two lenses of seeing the world, which took me a while to kind of just acknowledge, are language and psychology. So for me, those are the quickest paths to behavioral change. Why do I care about behavioral change? I'm an immigrant. I'm the child of a single parent. I'm someone who moved from Moscow to Kentucky at nine. I had to figure out who the hell am I? How do I make myself understood? Um, you know, and then of course going to college, it's a whole other audience and switching careers six times. That's also a whole bunch of new audiences. And in order to access a new audience or even to like, you know, get your foot in the door for an interview, you got to speak their language. You have to understand how they think and you have to take your story and, and not, you know, twist it in knots and make yourself, uh, like, you know, look, look like you're uh, walking inside a cello case, but the opposite, you take your baggage, the stuff that you don't like to share with people. Cause like, well, life is messy. And, you know, I went through, you know, immigration, all that stuff I mentioned. And instead of saying that's like, a, you know, I want to look like every other corporate, whatever, no, actually, I've solved a lot of problems because I've had to be pretty effing resourceful because yeah. I'm an immigrant, because I've been poor. <laughs> I've been, you know, practically homeless living on two friends' couches for five months when I met with my, my now wife. And um, I've had to be very resourceful for all those many reasons. Now, I, resourceful is great, but for what? 
I could get in the door. I could get the audience. I could even get the job with zero experience because I somehow I cracked the code, and that's what I coached on. But again, what is what is all this for? It's not just enough to say, "Hey, teach me negotiation and how to ace the interview." Like, what what is it for? Right. Yeah. So that's what forced me to look deeper into all these different layers. And there are really four conversations that the book is about. Again, language and psychology. That's the way in. So the bottom, imagine you're climbing a mountain. You're at the bottom. The first layer is your body. What conversation do you have with your body? How do you, yeah. you know, eat? How do you exercise? How do you breathe? How do you sleep? What about your biorhythms? Yeah. Right? So you have to have that conversation. There's a lot of feedback in both directions. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Again, you don't have to be an endurance athlete. You don't have to be LeBron spending a, a million dollars on your body every year. Yeah. God bless, right? The second layer is mental models and life skills. That's looking at things like, okay, what is my worldview? How do I look at myself? How do I look at other people? What are my biases? And biases are not just like, oh, you know, I discriminate against someone, God forbid, right? Yeah. It's like, I see myself as, you know, lowly whatever, because I don't know, I got daddy issues. Yeah. Okay, good, good to get that out of your system. Right. Or, you know, um, I am afraid of success because uh, I don't know. I was always taught that uh, people that go into business are too commercial and they're, you know, yeah. they're all messed up. I'm like, okay, that's a problem. That's not how life works. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then life skills, meaning, okay, how do I manage expectations? How do I manage stress? How do I make decisions? Oh, yeah. And how do I manage my finances, my career, and my business? Or side hustle, right? How do I actually do that? Nobody teaches these things. You go to, you go to college. You know, you um, nobody really teaches this. And you know, like here, you are thrown into the adulting world, and good luck, buddy. Figure it out. Yeah. So you know, somebody like has that. to kind of get this out. Yeah. Go ahead. Which I like it that way. You know, I'm autodidactic. I learn mm -hmm. on my own, and I like to learn on my own. But but I'm a little different. I can learn things. I can pick up patterns really really fast, and um, exactly. my brain just works really quick. That's we'll have to take Alpha GPC every day because my choline gets uh, depleted because I can focus on things so well. But I love the title of the book. I didn't know it was gonna go towards the neuroscience side. Now I'm super excited to really read the book. I was looking at your website. I see the book on Amazon. Uh, what's the best place that people could find it and what will they learn exactly what they or what result will it get when they apply what's in the book? So uh, to be clear, um, it's incredibly practical. Just to give you a sense of the structure, mm -hmm. um, let me just briefly mention the other two parts because they're very important. The third piece is dealing with other people. So that's your you know uh, negotiation, interviewing, dealing with stakeholders in your life. Um, could be your wife and kids, could be, you know, your boss, your advisors, investors, vendors, whoever, but you have to come from a core place of values and mission, cut out the wrong people and focus 300% on the right people adding value. And then the, the highest you're going up the mountain, right? And you're at the top of the mountain and you're dealing with your conversation with God or the universe, right? Why am I here? What is this all for? Why have I suffered? And why, you know, whom am I meant to impact in the most positive way through my gifts and experience? Okay. So great. You're up the mountain. What now? Oh, kumbaya. No, it just means that you know what the journey is like. You know, the milestones, mm -hmm. you've got to fix all those different things up and down the mountain. And you can, you can now go and, and, and focus with the laser, like a special forces team dropped out of a helicopter on 
time management or decision making or whatever, right? But you know what it's for, what it rolls up to and how it fits into the bigger picture. And that's that's the key piece. This book is a, a map of, of who you are and how, how to think, a roadmap, and it's most importantly a life philosophy. Yeah. Okay. So meaning how do I view myself and, and how do I deal with, yeah, chaos? We're in living in a world of chaos and we have, you know, we're flying blind a lot of the time. We don't know what are, what is all this for, or, Hey, how do I make an impact? Right. My little lowly self. Yeah. So the lessons from each chapter are like this. First is how do people think about this subject usually yeah. then, Hey, you know, this is what, happened to me this is what i learned usually the hard way mm -hmm. this is 80 20 right if you want to implement ways to improve this for yourself time management let's say create a schedule put these elements in there and you know if you want to dig deeper if you want to go further into the work of time management gurus here are their books check those out yeah okay so this way you can at least have a taste, right? Maybe in the beginning, there's, there's a set of quotes about the subject, okay? Mm -hmm. So kind of focus your brain. How do you usually think about this? You know, what, what has Yuri learned the hard way by knocking his head on the wall? <laughs> and then sort of how to really implement this, how to think about this subject and, and make it practical in your everyday life. That's my greatest hope. I want to make sure that people have that ability to, to not just do their own performance review once a year or every six months, but every single day, set up your schedule, set up your routine to check in on each of these pieces. That's and then every, that is that, huge. Exactly. That's huge. I, I'm super excited to, to order it and pick it up March 2nd um, because I think this is everything. I think the foundation of everything and what you're explaining in the book is what I call a, a paradigm cascade where it starts mm -hmm. and it trickles down into your mindset. And that is super huge. But in order to first be able to have some impact is to take total responsibility. And the title of oh. your book screams, take total mm -hmm. responsibility, be your own commander in chief. And I love that. Uh, Yuri, we're going to jump into the red zone where I ask you five questions, real quick questions that I, seems to be hard questions for people like us uh, because we are dedicated to growth, but we're going to jump into it. You ready? Let's go. Let's do it, man. What's your favorite book you've read and why? Wow. <laughs> favorite book. Uh, I'll, I'll say one of my favorite books that I've read recently is uh, David Friedman's Range uh, because it, it confirms what I've always thought and what I've seen in a lot of people that actually the most um, accomplished people in whatever field are actually generalists. Mm -hmm. They've worked in several fields. They make connections between them and it's not all about being a one trick pony. I'm going to read that. I've, uh, I've been saying that for the longest and there's new science because I work with a lot of athletes that kids who play uh -huh. a whole bunch of different sports and then pick one later. Exactly. It's better yep. than mastering one sport because it, you know, what's going on up there. <laughs> All right, Roger uh, Federer was that kid. He only yeah. picked tennis at about 20 to specialize in. Until later. But his, his proprioception, yeah. everything was so great because he played so many sports. With uh, soccer you, and others, yeah. Would you rather be loved or respected? I'm a father. It's definitely loved because I, I, I don't always feel all the a respect New Yorker, in the world. A New Yorker who would say loved? 
uh, I'm I'm a softy at heart, you know. Yeah. I, I can I can present a hard front, but uh, you know, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a son. That's that's just what it is. Love is more important. What's a quote that you live by? If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yeah. So ask. Yeah. Always ask. Gotta ask. Um, if you could spend one day, 24 hours with anybody who's ever lived in history, who would it be and why? Well, um, I would say one of my favorite authors. It's a hard choice between uh, Marcel Proust and Thomas Mann. I would say Thomas Mann um, because he... Um, not just he grew up with privilege and all that, but he he was an immigrant. He saw, um, you know, fascism coming from a long ways away, and he had this incredible sense of the tapestry of human life. So to to be able to spend meaningful time with a person like that would be absolutely invaluable. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. All right, last question: What does success mean to you? Success means that I'm able to empower as many people as I can through my gifts and through what I've built um, in the relatively short time that I'm allotted here, hopefully 120 years or whatever, whatever God gives me. And um, the most important of those is my kids and, and my family. That to me is success. I think everything else is in a way, maybe window dressing and distraction. Wow. That was amazing. That was one of the most profound answers we've had to that question. Amazing. All right. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow up. I'm going to put your book up here where they can see that as well. And um, appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh, just look me up, yurikruman.com, and that, that will feed you to all the, all the other work that I do and, and this book as well. And uh, Roy, thank you very much for having me on. It's really been a great conversation. Uh, be your own commander in chief wow that your mind what was your mind frame coming up with that title how'd you come up with that did that just pop that's a that's one of the best titles i've ever read for a book i appreciate that um it didn't come to me right away it took me about two years i started with mastering the talk to master your life and then i'm like okay i'm writing just about coaching subjects no one needs another one of those books yeah. so I, I realized I, I i really you know that's my faith um you know i'm jewish Mm -hmm. um, for me, I really believe that for some reason, God chose me to this message and yeah. he gave me this title. So thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Real quick. Someone texts me who's watching live. They have a question. Um, if you lost everything, what's the first three steps you would do to, to get everything back? If you have to start over. Um, first I would get over myself. That's that's the most important part because usually it's oh, now like I'm, I'm really really quick to just okay what's what's next um, number two I would okay uh, find myself in a situation where I can help someone so the first chance I have to help someone because I create goodwill I create the ability to say okay well I need help also <laughs> like help me out can I stay on your couch or whatever right. Um, so for me, it's, it's what value can I add immediately so that I can, I can somehow, again, without being exploitative, just like, you know, I, I helped out. Can you help a brother out? And that's it. And from there you, you start getting your bearings and, and sort of, okay, what, what's next? Where can I build to the next level of stability? 
revenue usually because you got you got to have revenue. And then you know from there, once you see what works, you move forward and you double down. Yeah, amazing man. Thank you so much, Yuri. Thank you for hopping on and um, just giving us your knowledge. You're I could tell you know so much. Um, looking forward to following up with you, picking your brain. Looking forward to reading your book, man. That's going to be an amazing book and something that I'm really into because I think it's all up here. I'm always trying to learn more about this thing. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for joining us live. Remember to share. Uh, if you're on YouTube, click the button below. If you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, please share. And remember, we post this on all modalities, even Pandora. Now we're new to Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We are at. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time, always remember to be your authentic self. And we are out. Betty, welcome to the Success Code where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the success code. Success code. Success code.